and you know, sometimes in life, something comes along that you had no idea that you needed, that something was so much better uh, than you expected. For Morgan and I, uh, it is stow-and-go seating. Okay, so if you're a parent and you have uh, multiple kids, stow-and-go seating has changed our lives. Um, our first minivan uh, was, all of our minivans have been used, but our first one was cheap, and, and when Catherine was born, you know, we could take, physically take the seats out, right? And they could fold down, and, and maybe we'd get a little bit more room. But when we drove that van into the ground, we went and bought another van, uh, and it was a Dodge Grand Caravan, and it had stow-and-go seatings. And, and, and we thought, we're like, this is just a gimmick, this isn't real. This isn't something that is really all that amazing. But, but it completely, it's completely amazing. It offers extra storage. It, uh, you, you don't have to worry about having a strong back anymore. Um, you, you know, the entire thing can, can lay down and fold down uh, so that the entire back of the van can be level and flat. And you just never know the things that come into your life that are going to change your life and you have no clue for it. So when our second van was about to die, we went and bought another van and we tried, uh, we tried Hondas, uh, we tried Toyotas, we tried uh, Kias, but we all kept coming back. We kept coming back to, it doesn't have stow and go seating. And so we had, we bought a Chrysler uh, that did. And, and so sometimes there are things in life that uh, you don't think that you need, that, that you have something that is a good or something that is okay, uh, but there's something far better. And sometimes we don't realize that. As we look at, uh, as we think about Good Friday, and, and today we're going to be in Luke chapter 22, um, as we think about, uh, we're really going to be focused on the events of Thursday evening uh, as the disciples and as Jesus celebrated the Passover. There are things in life that, that we don't know that we needed, that we think what we have is good enough. And for Jesus, or for his disciples, they are about to learn that there is something far better than the Passover that there's something far greater, that the Passover is good, and it, it's, it's a reminder of what God has done in their lives, but there's something far better that Jesus is going to introduce them to, that he is the Lamb of God. It was something that they needed and something that they truly couldn't live without. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for tonight. Lord, I, I pray tonight as we, as we focus on you, Lord, that you would uh, humble us, that you would encourage us, and Lord, and that you would help us to be amazed by you. Lord, you gave your life for us when we are helpless and hopeless, and you offer each and every one of us eternal life, forgiveness, and salvation in you. Lord, I pray that tonight uh, you remind us of your great faithfulness. It's in your name. Amen. We're going to read in Luke chapter 22, verses 7. We're going to start with 7 through 15. And I want you to notice that as we walk through these, you know, eight verses, uh, how many times the Passover is mentioned. Um, Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. And they said to him, how or where, where will you have us prepare it? And he said to him, Behold, when you've entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you and follow him into the house that he enters and tell the master of the house, the teacher says to you, where is your guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? 
and he will show you to a large uh, upper room furnished and prepare it there. And they went and found it just as he had told them and they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. So Passover uh, is, it's, it's a special uh, holiday for the Jews. It, for, for the Hebrews, it was one of the most important things that they could do each year. It was a remembrance and a celebration of God bringing Israel out of slavery, uh, out of captivity in Egypt. And in the days of Moses, God gave Moses, uh, God told Moses to go to Pharaoh and demand the release. And each time that he would go, he would go and Pharaoh would, would say no or Pharaoh would say yes and quickly change his mind. And so when to display his power and his greatness and his superiority to Pharaoh, God would send a plague uh, each time that Pharaoh said no. And so Moses would go, and each time he would go, Pharaoh would say no, and he, or he would say yes, and he would change his mind. And the last plague, the 10th plague that he would send, was to be the death of every firstborn child and firstborn livestock within Egypt. And so God told Moses in Exodus chapter 12 that he would go throughout Egypt uh, and he would be passing judgment on them, striking every firstborn child because of the sins of Egypt. And he gave them special instructions. Uh, he gave Moses instructions to give to the Hebrews that, that they would take on the 10th day of the month, that they would take a lamb and they would bring the lamb into their house, that the lamb would be perfect and spotless and without blemish. He would, the lamb would live with them for four days. They would care for the lamb and feed it a special diet and make sure nothing happened to it. Jewish tradition says that these four days were important, right? It's not, it's not that you're caring for an animal and you put them in the garage for four days and you only see them when you take, take them food and water. No, this lamb slept where they slept. It ate with them. It was there when they woke up. Its bleeding was a constant reminder of its fate. Little Susie would hug it each morning and talk about how cute it was. And uh, little Johnny would, would ask, why do we have a lamb in our house? Okay, those are probably not in Jewish tradition, but, but you can imagine with me. All of those instructions and traditions were designed to remind the Hebrews that God rescued them. He rescued them out of bondage in Egypt. And on the night of the 10th plague, the lamb was sacrificed and the blood from the lamb was put on the doorposts and on the lentils above each of their houses so that as the angel of the Lord traveled through Egypt that night, it would pass over those houses covered by blood of the lamb. The Hebrews did this as an act of faith. I mean, imagine us responding to Pastor Matt. Would, Pastor Matt would come to us and say, God has given us a special message. You are to, uh, to go and, and take a lamb and you're to uh, slaughter it and to put its blood on your doorposts and on your lentils. We would think that he was crazy. But the Hebrews acted in an act of faith and that because of the sacrifice of the lamb for each house, covered in the blood of the lamb, the judgment of God passed over them and they were spared. Now, this was a, a tradition that they celebrated for between the, that first night in Egypt when they were about to be freed from slavery to the night in uh, this Thursday night that the Jews or that Jesus and his disciples were together. It would be about fifteen to 1,600 years. They would celebrate the Passover. 
They would have long stretches of disobedience uh, that, uh, that where they wouldn't celebrate, they would, but they would continually come back to the fact that they were to celebrate the Passover, to remember that God had rescued them from slavery, that they were spared his judgment because of the blood of the Lamb. It was a tremendous, it's a tremendous tradition. Uh, it's one that they thought was sufficient, that it was good enough. It had meaning. It reminded them of God's love and his faithfulness. But they didn't know that there was something far better that they couldn't live without. So Jesus earnestly desired. He tells, he, and he earnestly desired in verse 15 to eat the Passover with them so that he could give them a new tradition so that he could give them a new thing to remember because he was a new lamb. He was a better lamb that would not just spare them from God's judgment for one year, but one who would spare them from God's judgment forever. Jesus had told them multiple times, right? Multiple times throughout the gospels, Jesus tells them that he's going to die and that he's gonna suffer and clearly they don't understand. Over and over, they don't understand that this is what the Messiah had come to do. And even later, if we were to read um, farther in the Luke chapter 22, they're not going to understand. They're going to be arguing about who's the greatest and who gets to sit at Jesus's uh, right hand as he rules. They didn't understand that he was going to suffer. And so he's earnestly desired to eat the Passover with them before he suffered. They wouldn't understand uh, in the verses that follow, and they still believed that Jesus was the Messiah that would free them from Roman oppression. But John the Baptist, John the Baptist in First John, or in sorry, in John chapter one, verse twenty-nine, at the very beginning of Jesus's ministry, John knew that Jesus was something far better; that he came to free them from something far more and far worse than Roman oppression and Egyptian slavery. John one twenty-nine says. And the next day, this is John the Baptist speaking, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. By calling Jesus the Lamb of God, John is expressing that he knows the future of Jesus. That he knows that, that God has come from heaven to earth, that the King of kings and the Lord of lords, by whom and for through whom and for whom everything was created. He came to be a sacrifice and a substitute. We know in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, that we're told that there can be no forgiveness of sin throughout without the shedding of blood. And as we look at the lambs in the Old Testament and in the sacrificial system, the lambs were often sacrificed to forgive sins, that through their shedding of the blood, their sins would be forgiven. And the Passover, God's judgment would pass over them by those that were covered. Jesus was the perfect and spotless lamb who was willing to be our sacrifice and able to be our substitute. The Bible tells us in 620, Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. And that means that each of us, each and every single one of us in this room today, earns death because we are sinners. Not one of us is without sin. And it doesn't matter how hard you try or how good you do in life. It's not enough to wipe away the stain of sin on you and you deserve judgment and death. Both physical death, yes, but more significantly, eternal spiritual death. And that is true of every man and woman in this room and every child in this room and every man and woman that has ever lived except one. 
and that is Jesus. He did not earn death. He chose death. He voluntarily chose to be the substitute on the cross to pay the debt that we owed because he was sinless and did not earn the wages of death. And on this last night, on this Thursday night in Luke chapter 22, before he's arrested, Jesus earnestly desires to celebrate the Passover, to remember God's faithfulness in the past, and to celebrate and remember God's rescue of his people from slavery and from bondage. And on that last night, Jesus tells his disciples, though they don't understand, that he would suffer and his body would be broken and his blood poured out. Let's look at verse in Luke chapter 22, verses 17 through 20. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. In these verses, Jesus is giving them something new to remember, something better than the Passover, something they didn't know that they needed that would again speak to God's rescue of his people, but not rescue from a nation in slavery, but rescue from sin and judgment and death. It was something that they didn't even realize they needed, didn't know that they could live without. It wasn't something that they were going to understand until Sunday morning when they would go to the tomb and find that Jesus was not there. And in mere hours after dinner, uh, after celebrating the Passover with Jesus, he'd be arrested. He'd be taken before uh, he'd be taken before the religious leaders of Israel, before Pontius Pilate, before King Herod. He'd be falsely accused. He'd be mocked. He'd be beaten, and ultimately he'd be nailed to the cross as the Lamb of God. And that Friday night, the disciples were scattered and broken. They thought they had lost everything. They thought they were wrong about Jesus being the Messiah. He was their friend and their teacher and their master, and now he was dead. But we know that Friday is not the end of the story. We know that, that we call today Good Friday because of, of what his death and his resurrection on Sunday would accomplish. We know that Sunday is coming, and we rejoice because he is risen. But on Good Friday, we must solemnly remember that his body was broken, that our sin was the reason he died. This perfect man shed his blood as the perfect lamb of God so that our sins would be forgiven. He didn't have to. He chose to. So that we would be spared from God's judgment God's righteous judgment. Our sins, your sins, my sins, were why he chose to die. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. And tonight we remember that. We remember in sorrow that our sins required such a greater price and in awe that God loved us enough to be willing to pay it.
Jesus is the Lamb of God, a better Lamb than the Passover Lamb. He was the Lamb that no one knew that they needed. And for those that love Him, He is a Lamb that we can't live without. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you. Lord, as we reflect on the great price that you paid, Lord, may we be both humble and in awe of who you are. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be amazed at the incredible love that you've shown us. Lord, remind us of the the, uh, inescapable need that we have for you and encourage us because we know Friday is not the end of the story. We know that Sunday is coming and even beyond Sunday we have eternity that we look forward to. Lord, tonight as we reflect on the sacrifice that you were willing to give, Lord, break our hearts and encourage us at the same time. It's in your name that we pray.